the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 85 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, my friends? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. And this is where you can find over at MMA Junkie, as well as the ActionNetwork.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's for the fight recording, somewhat at my normal time, normally late as usual, but yes, uh, we're recording, you know, a Thursday evening, uh, West Coast Pacific time here, Las Vegas time for, of course, UFC Vegas 85, UFC Fight Night 235, UFC Fight Night, the Leeds A. Imavov, whatever, you know, uh, it, it's another Apex card, folks. We're, you know, it's another middleweight headlined Apex card, but we're here for it. Going to break it down from top to bottom. Thank you. Apologies for being late. Thanks for piling in. Hit the like button, even though I don't deserve it. Uh, all that good stuff. Do whatever you want. Um, uh, you know, if you're listening in the future, 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 uh, you know, if it's through iTunes, by the way, five-star ratings and reviews, you know, support what you like. It really does mean a lot, folks. Um because, you know, uh, whether it's uh, nobodies like me or top-level guys like Yannick, uh, it's clear that, you know, it's just uh, cutting through the mud is, uh, it wears on you. So you, you want something around, uh, you to stick around, you know, uh, do your part, vote with your clicks and all that stuff. You don't even have to spend any money. This program, of course, is for free. You can check the timestamps like I was saying if you want to fast-forward and jump to the breakdowns, which we usually do. From top to bottom, and I will have time stamped out for you guys. Uh, the nice ones on YouTube here. Hello, everybody. Where we're live. Of course, if you're live, I appreciate you even more because you can't fast forward. It's not like Christopher Wacken and Click. Sorry, I'm not going <laughs> to suffer that and add to the uh, whatever that Tosh.0 thing was. Or the Asians do the best Christopher Walken. I didn't realize that, but we'll take it, I guess. It's crazy. But l- l- listen, we're, we're, we're here to break down some fights. Um, and uh, we're gonna just do a quick recap. It's it's always like a you know beating a dead horse. So despite my lengthiness, I try to get through as fast as possible uh, on a normal week. But it's been two weeks since the last normal show. Shout out to my guy Dan Levy. Hopefully you guys dug you know the top five shows in the off week. I have been pretty good about those. Um, despite uh despite everything. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. We did top five uh, UFC championship performances. I had to bump that for a top 10 to the um, Evergreen article, truncated version there I did. Not really truncated, I bumped it to a top 10. You know what I mean, the written version. Keep an eye out for me, Junkie, on that one. Also, redoing light heavyweight fights. It's kind of the busyness of this week, and then just trying to pick yourself back up and yada yada yada. So uh, I didn't get as early of a start, so I was kind of late on everything this week. So thank you, my audience and my editors alike. But um, even though, uh, you know, as per usual, I don't, you know, and I will come clean as per usual on what I was able to do a thorough Lebowski, thorough tape study on and what I wasn't able to. And there's, there's a lot of passer throughs, but 
Um, you know, whether it was good nights like we started the year off or the old reverse sweep, which, you know, revisited us again because, you know, we haven't had enough of those. We certainly haven't paid our penance enough of those. Not from here. No, not this podcast. No, not me. No, not Suri. Bob, regardless of the results, for what it's worth, this is, you know, it was pretty accurate, sadly, and as maddening as it is on the reverse sweeps, which we'll get into. But yes. Um, we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you guys what I got, and, uh, from that sense, again, regardless of results, good or bad, for what it's worth, I feel like I'm seeing the board, and I can tell you where I will probably end up, and, uh, I don't like doing that, because, you know, you, you, I don't like the idea of feeling held to, I don't feel like I'm held to, I always reserve my right to change, but at the same time, if you really do look back at it, you know, seldom will you see, like, some wild kind of thing, like, hey, did he switch that pick? Or if it was, it was, like, some bullshit prelim pick where it's, like, clearly for the value kind of a deal or something like that. But usually, what I say here on the show, pretty stays. stays pretty. I'm laughing at, like, one of the only notes that I wrote, and I'll probably still forget to say it. It's about a fighter who I am looking to possibly bet on the main card. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to get the shouts out of the way, both in-house and the ones I had written down. You guys are way too kind. Hey, speaking of my guests, Half the Battle, let's fucking go, Dan, from Dan himself. What's up, Dan? By the way, Half the Battle, make sure you check out uh, that show uh, and my guy Dan over there. Um, he does a fantastic job. He was a fantastic guest, man. So uh, I, I love doing those. I really do. I know it, you know we can get you know jaded and whatnot. And I'll tell you, those reverse sweeps really hurt. And I'm going to do reverse sweep insurance too. So um, I won't have those ready to give out since I usually don't even have my full slate. But I will essentially be finding some shape or form to not hedge every play because you can't and why should you, you know, but at least for the core ones where it's like, oh, you know, and maybe we'll just be getting creative ways to lose where like not only will I still have a losing night, but it'll be like one for six so I can't hit that reverse sweep. But it'll also do it in the way, just like traffic lights, not enough that I have to hit all the red lights. I have to hit fucking yellow ones and always be on, which always furthers you being on the last of the rotation, if not skipped. Um, you know, again, I, I'll probably, you know, jinx myself and like end up on a night where like I'm getting reverse sweep and I start at a certain point, I start turning and rooting against myself because I'm at this point, I'll profit more with the reverse sweep things, and it'll tease me along just right to the one bet I will hit. We'll be at the very end to where it'll be at the point where, like, I would make more money by losing than winning, so I would therefore be bummed out on a win, which would be so typical, you know, for, for, for old Dan Tom here, for everybody watching old Dan Tom. Look at that miserable cunt over there. Sorry, cover your ears, kids. Like, oh, that guy can't be happy. Look, he even won a bet, and he still can't be You know, and then I get that shit on top of it, right? Um, you know, again, very, uh, very Ben Stiller meet the parents or, you know, Adam Sandler anger management movies I cannot watch because they feel too real. I am grateful though, folks, there's plenty of grateful to be in life. I'm just talking, of course, about silly things, uh, like MMA betting or traffic, like circumstantial luck because boy, <laughs> oh boy, let me tell you, boy, let me tell you, I need to, I need to get one of those dash cams, by the way, like, and have my own show. I think, um, there could be some entertainment there. But then also, like, so people could see that I'm not crazy. Like, you guys could just, in fact, I could turn it from frustration to, like, having people to laugh along with me. Like, always, I can't script this shit. It's like they're just, it's like I do believe in God now. And he, like, just creates NPCs to do this too. Like, how do you explain that? Where did that person come from out of nowhere? Anyways, we're getting on a tangent here. As you can tell, I got my proper t-shirt 
uh, for the spirit, the old bad luck t-shirt. You know, I had to bust this. I think, you know, most people have, like, winning night t-shirts. Uh, people have, like, fight day or, like, game day. Like, you know, Tiger Woods would wear red. You know, they have these. So I've got, like, it, maybe because it's just so damn thematic. Like, yeah, I've got, like, reverse sweep t-shirts. So we'll get to that. Um, we don't want to shout out. Oh, my guy, you know, I'm sorry, you know. I'm uh you know I'm I am I'm I'm okay I'm grateful and all that stuff so no need but that being said uh there's a lot of you guys that are super positive uh and always just trying to pick me up I wanted to shout my guy Liam uh picks fights uh who we've had you know um we've had uh, on this program before he's an awesome guy uh work with him on the Action Network you know uh Liam I haven't got to the rest of your messages yet but uh you know Liam was just trying to uh not just you know pick me up because he's a positive dude but really. You know, uh, you know, just you know, uh, you know, uh, impart knowledge in any way that he can. And uh, previous uh, guests we spoke of, Dan's very similar way. So, again, don't take the complaints and stuff in my 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 broad brushes too seriously, especially whether it's you know, MMA or like MMA gambling Twitter. There's plenty of good people, and I'm so grateful for you guys, uh, for just being real good people behind the scenes. Jackie Daytona on Twitter. We got Shawnee Jeffs. Uh, Tristan Drew Cook on Twitter, longtime listener, appreciate you. Speaking of the reverse sweep idea, that comes from my guy Martin. Of course, Martin P. Shout out to Martin P. on Twitter. Um, you know, I was mentioning the John anything I want to push on and, and not get hung up, but again, uh, uh, I'm guilty of this too, folks. The reason why I say it, I'm, I'm no better, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Fight Night Picks was like a nice enough podcast. My guy, uh, Craig Allen, um, over there, nice enough to nominate and, 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 and this year podcast for awards and this and that. And Craig's been doing this thing, you know, been on like panels with that guy since like the MMA latest days. And he actually like had a channel like that was like actually, I've done much better at being consistent despite being late you know, in my defense. But no, he was like super consistent, uh, actually had followers, uh, you know, uh, audience and all that stuff. And like, uh, you know, uh, he recently retired, I think, you know, like a couple pay-per-views ago. And I was just talking to him, too. And, you know, he just, like, I get it. Like, he's like, dude, it's so nice to, like, be able to have a life again. And, like, dude, people don't realize these things. Like, oh, grind set, this, that. Like, you know, you don't understand. Like, I was like a, I was like a, like a, you know, feels like weekly at this point, granted. But, you know, when I get in my emotional states, when he, hey, he's a miserable cunt, but we love him daily. Uh, modes like you know like uh, earlier and it was like it was it was just one of those things where it was like I didn't even like it wasn't even like this is a stupid like thread or some stupid bullshit thing getting me but I'll tell you what it was it's it's speaking of grind set it's like dude I still do at least average at least one all nighter a week just to just to get my stuff done just to get it to you and that's not even a lot there are people that are working full time jobs and try to do this full time which is insane and they're definitely doing their fair share too so I'm not playing a violin I'm not alone here um I'm just saying like I, I, you know you know I think people don't realize like oh you know yeah, how tough it is cuz they don't do it or maybe they do do it and you I, I've heard people like you know 3 4 years in even 5 years in get deep into it and be like ah oh, fuck the people who can't do this I live for this shit you know, and then they have their mental health episode as well. Like, oh, I have to take a break. I have to step back. Like, it's cool. We all have to do that. And I think the sooner we realize that, the better we are. But I think everybody realizes at a certain point, like how much you kind of, how much you kind of give. So um, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I, I really do love doing this, even on the reverse sweep week. Like, this, I'm, this is so awesome. I'm, I'm so I'm so stoked to talk to you guys right now. So don't get it twisted. But at the same time, like, yeah, I. I 
uh, I get it too, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too because uh, back to my guy Craig Allen, I was like, man, that that like, I was like, oh man, like I was I was I was genuinely bummed out that they stopped doing shows. Kind of like my guys, shout out to the Sound of Violence, Pulver, and, uh, Pulver and Chris. Um, but at the same time, like I absolutely get it, you know, you know whether it's the space not feeling rewarding or even when it is like air quote rewarding your time, so to speak, at least in some way. Um, even then it's not enough, man. Like your happiness, your mental health is, is, is really what's most important. So sorry about that. We're going to push on and talk fights here, folks, but yeah, hopefully you guys can get somewhat of a message from that as I am just honestly bringing it up just to shout you dudes, uh, Miguel class, speaking of threads and actually uh, actual excellent analysis work, uh, support him on Patreon at MIG class. Of course we had him on for top five body shot stoppages in MMA. Another fantastic episode. Fantastic guest right there. I was also re-listening to uh, top five light heavyweight fights from uh, during that first pandemic summer. I had Simon Head on. Oh my God, Simon Head's such a great guest. I felt like I was listening to Kyle Mack. That's why I miss listening to Simon Head and, and the Brit Pack as well. Um, you know, again, support what you like, folks, and stuff. Like, listening to Simon, like, laying some predictions that he was, it really aged well. You go back and listen to that. Not that it surprises me, because uh, Simon, I'm not just comparing him with the English accent to my guy Kyle Mack, but these guys are, are well-spoken and uh, know what they're speaking. They know their history. And uh, that was a fantastic episode, too. Um, my guy Fenyo from the Fight Site, man, of course, check out his early prelims podcast that I shared. Uh, he's been really been helping me out um, when I needed it. You know, I, I, I complain about doing all this stuff by myself, but there are, you know, I finally ha- you know, got to the point where I am reaching out where I can. And one of the things I needed help on with uh, all the shakeups that happened last year was uh, someone to pick up the uh, thumbnail torch, and Fenyo's done that, and I laugh my ass off every time. I hope you guys appreciate what he does too, because he always puts like really cool, uh, sneaky stuff in there. Um, Rain Lamina in the house, the Gegard Musasi of Looking Sassy, <laughs> the Chatri Sitchitong of picking WMMA fights wrong. I thought you were going to go with something dong there, to be honest. Josephine Nutson of Nora Cornholy, the last one content creator's wet dream. Okay, Jesus Christ. Uh, Rhea says in Truesdale, this is a weird way for me to start, but I'm going to stand still with the UFC's treatment with Asians. On one hand, it's bad they don't recognize them. On the other hand, it's good. I know what you mean. And uh, sure enough, they are not even uh, announcing. Um, even in the bio packages they sent out behind the scenes, and they're going to do the same thing with the weigh-ins. Uh, there's no talk and promotion of. Uh, shout out to my guy Ben, De- uh, the Baines Davis talked about the It's like talked about you know, and it's great when like uh, people with big reaches and also non-Asian like Ben will say something because it shows it's like it's not just people like me or you talking about that. Uh, Real and Truesdale, that we don't get cultural appropriation like UFC cringe noche. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, if Asians are leading in anything, we, we, we get culturally appropriated by uh, enough in general. So I feel you, brother. Zane Dale, hi, longtime listener and first-time chatter. Appreciate that a lot. Hi, Dan, just want to thank you for the work you put in this now son of a week. Thank you. I've, I've just been talking bullshit this whole time so far. I really got to get to some fights here, but I appreciate you guys hanging tough with me. James Kendrick in the house. Dan, last week wasn't a good week for you betting, but I still think your analysis is on point. Top flight analysis is hard to find these days. Always grateful for your content. I appreciate that. I really do my best to to, to try to ex-go and give it to you. Jin Karasu giving us to the chat. Dan, the show has taught me how to be objective when watching film. I really appreciate that. I just think it's an important lesson in general for life to try to, you know, step outside of things, you know. Easy to get emotional. 
myself included, obviously. Uh, Jin says, continues, that was me. Jin says, maybe not as good as analyzing as you or heavy hands boys, but enough to talk about fights intelligently. Man, if I contributed that in any percentage, Jin, that really makes me happy. Thank you. Jimmy Kudo, the enforcer, is here. It is weird for me to talk in third person like that. Don't be worried. If anybody talks in third person and breaks that trend, it's your boy here. I, mean, I don't know if I'm breaking the trend for a positive. I'm not like, you know, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not as delusional as Randall from Clerks 2 thinking I'm taking it back here or anything like that. But yeah, you know, you know. Old Dan Thomas, I just did right. Like, uh, you know, I was talking to Luke Thomas on Twitter briefly there. He's, uh, he had that sweet, uh, for that morning combat show, uh, he had that sweet, um, shots to those guys as well. But he had that sweet, was it The Big Trouble in Little China? I'm, I'm forgetting it, but I'm like, yeah. Like Kurt Russell's character in that. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what old Jack's, you know, it's like... Uh, that's that, that's what I feel like. I essentially feel like I'm, I'm that character on here, especially on episodes like these. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, uh, no, Makato Kayagoku, love this show, appreciate you. Sammy Arnett, hello, hello, Synchro Wing, hi Dan, excited to talk about fights even though this card is mediocre, mediocre, sorry, a uh, little Mad Max Fury Road there. Um, Synchro Wing continues, Apex era, very annoying and low quality, yeah, this one does feel like it, although they at least kept the Joe Silva special and kept the... Uh, lone low level heavyweight fight as an opener rather than a main card special. So I gotta give credit where credit's due, Sammy Arnett. I feel like guys like you and Ghost do a better job of explaining the small technical nuances in the form of UFC fighter analysis, guys. I you know, I mean Ghost is uh getting his own recognition as he is due and he is honestly getting it from more people uh, that are more important than I, which is nice to see. Uh, so I don't want to uh, talk like I'm special or anything like that. But I am going to say, like, man, I, yeah, Ghost's going to take my place here, folks. Don't be surprised if this becomes the Ghost Show or something. That's the way we'll get him back on here. Uh, you know, his YouTube's down, but we'll, I'm just, I'm just going to hand him the keys to the castle. You know, that guy's like, that guy's great. Um, let's go a uh, couple more, and we'll get, get, we'll knock this shit out, folks. James Kendrick, uh, I watched that top five MMA championship performances. I, I. Uh, want mentioned because I replied under quote tweet, not the original. Oh, that was you. Uh, okay, all right. I must have missed you on that one, James. Because I apologize, sir. James Kendrick, longtime listener. Matt Polly becoming a regular Thursday night. How's it going, Mr. Tom? Uh, thought uh, thoughts on what will be the main event for 300? Would love uh, Hamzat versus uh, Adesanya. Yeah, I'm I'm not too tied to it to be honest, but I'm going to stick with my original guess that uh from like a spinning back episode earlier like a month ago. Oh, let's sit this before it goes completely cold. And as the suspense builds, uh no, I, I was guessing Polaton versus Izzy at 205. We'll see. Both of them have hinted to get offers, so we'll see. Uh da -da -da -da. Uh, James Kendrick, you know what I find frustrating? Guys like you, Jack Slack, McClass, even go stop posting threads because D D DMC, I think DCMA, but I know what you mean. Yes, while blue check mark threaders get into trouble making useless threads. Yeah, I know what you mean. And there are good threaders out there or whatever. Like uh, there was a good one that I was even one I was complaining about wasn't even a blue check, and it was like somebody who like seems like legit and is like a, a normal analyst person in the community. But I was like, I just did an all nighter. And like, uh, cause I told you guys, see, I called it on that show. I was like, I'm going to post, uh, I can't wait. I'm going to wait for the anniversary day of UFC 46. I love this car. Right? I always talk about it. And I finally clipped that fight that just like, I, I don't know what's wrong. Maybe it's probably the head trauma to be honest, but like, I don't know if it's like my weird Rogan era. Uh, you know, I'm not even as old as him or I have kids, which is what he blamed it on. But like, I don't know what it is. 
I will, and I said this before, like, I'll get so, especially, like, to the top five shows when I'm going back to watch something, even when I'm, like, clipping something, like, I will start getting teary-eyed watching it through. It's weird. Especially, like, once it's edited, like, I really feel if there's music, I put music in it, like, I really get into it. And because I'm so slow, my ADD, and I suck, and all these things, it just takes me a while to do kind of everything. Um, so it also takes me a while, so that's another reason why I end up doing these all-nighters. And uh, so I'll do that. And then, like, with, again, I'm not talking, like, bad luck, woe is me or anything. I'm, don't take me seriously, folks. I'm just talking about bad circumstantial luck. And sure enough, I will post it, and then after I post, I'll go check the timeline. And not just, you know, which is, this is kind of normal for everybody. You'll get the news breaking at the inconvenient time, and your shit will get washed away, you know, whether it's good or not. Uh, and that's, like, par for the course, but... Um, I think someone else did it on this day, and it was because, you know, UFC 46 is connected to UFC 94, which is what was so crushing for us BJ Penn fans at the time because it would have been so poetic to get that welterweight title on the five-year anniversary when he took it from Hughes. And uh, so, But somebody was kind of working backwards, whereas I was, you know, uh, you know, and I did it in the podcast. I kind of gave you guys the thread version here. And a lot of those clips that I did edit in post, I actually edited different ones prior and had it inserted into the episode. That's another thing in this last episode which was really frustrating, you know. I, it's not for an ego thing or even a money thing, right? It's just a, it, the fact that this kind of content is not around. Um, I don't know if those MMA on point dudes do do their version of what I do still. Uh, and shouts to them, no, no hate, no shade, but you know, because it is it is a deal that you know I say myself we all rip off of somewhere, and you know. Uh, and God bless them. I don't know how they're able to get, to post so much footage because I, I could barely get away with a little bit um, without getting you know flagged for it. And the one thing that kept getting flagged in the videos, if you guys look, because I actually took the time not just to edit audio, which I've done before, it was which was a bonus for you audio listeners, but I actually took the time to edit like video clips in over where me and Dan are talking our selection, real apropos. And uh, so it's just it's just really upsetting. You, know, you take the time to do that. And I'm doing thumbnails, you know, improving quality, spending mo- uh, money, and all this stuff. And yeah, you just you don't get it back. So so I don't know how I get out, got off on that 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 thing. But yeah, back to that. You know, you you might seem like damn, why are you getting all emotional? Like a, you know, sensitive about some stupid shit. It, it's just one of those. It's one of those perfect storm things. It's like it's not even that that alone is a big deal. It was just that particular theme at that particular point. And of course, you know, posting at six forty six a.m. West Coast isn't that early because it's almost ten a.m. over on the East Coast, right? But for a guy who fucking sleeps in, you know, that's early. I'm, I'm staying up all night just to post that early for me. Uh, planned it, you know, put all that work in. And then you get beat by, I think, what well, was like 17 minutes. And I went, well, like, for six hours, and it was only, like, me and my own podcast. I retweeted it within the first hour of that other post, which was, like, pictures. wasn't even videos. wasn't even as informative or anything. I'm not shitting on the person. It was actually a good person in the community. But it was just, like, I think, like, 30 fucking retweets in the first, like, half hour. And I'm like... And a lot of it is from the retweets from the blue check threaders because they, they they seem to be tight. They were almost reminding me of like, and again, I'm not shitting. I completely gave like the MMA gambling Twitter their shouts, but they're almost reminding me of like that group. They're just like getting getting like so super like broy, and like I noticed that like you know, uh, you know, they all retweet each other, and some of them have stopped retweeting me, even though I've told them like you know, even though I've, I've given shouts to guys like Ocelot, where I'm like, not all the blue checkers or threaders are bad. All right, don't get your butt hurt, folks. But I think a lot of them have gotten their butts butts hurt, to be honest, because now they're uh, 
you know, now they're uh, now they don't uh, they don't share your boy stuff. So I think I pissed off those people. Long-winded answer about the blue checking threaders, but yeah, Pepe Silva in the house. Let's get back to this weekend player. This weekend, the sleeve is dope. Thank you very much. Uh, got two tattoos in the work. The works. One you guys will be able to see because it will kind of go up toward neck area. Another one will be a, a sweet dog one, which I may post, but I'm honestly not going to post them after seeing fucking what you guys have been saying about Dan Hooker. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, maybe he is going through a tough times. I know I've been. I'm like, fuck, last thing I'm going to do is post my fucking tattoos. I'm fucking almost 40 as it is. Like, come on. I mean, look at me. I'm a walking midlife crisis. I don't need that. I don't need that smoke. Uh, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate the positive smoke there, Pepe Silva. Let's fucking get to it. Let's knock it out. Yeah, it was a reverse sweep. We'll just cut through that real quick. And then, uh, yeah, 23 minutes. Jesus Christ. And then we'll cut through um, this card real quick. How about that? Okay, thank you guys for hanging with me live. Um, we won't have to get into the particulars because we got fucking reverse swept. So what does it mean? We started out really good. I had Jimmy Flick by sub, even though I was thinking Malcolm Gordon round two, round three, as I usually do to fade flick, like I said, but the prices, like I also said in my defense, didn't like it. The value was on flick, ended up switching over to that. That was one of them where, you know, maybe I did switch even though I really wasn't big on that one anyways, but I did need something to fill out the round robin. Ended up going flick by sub, didn't plan like my guys in the MMA analysis, shout out to those guys, uh, hit that. But, you know, you, to start your night on the first fight, especially with my luck, like, uh, you know, we broke the first bet of the night streak to start the year, which was great, right? But again, you know, Dan Tom, because of how I am, even when things are good, I'm like that for what it's worth. But yes, especially with my luck, humble, fucking it's okay. We're going to we're gonna keep it cool. You know, I didn't want to be too negative, but I wanted to be like, folks, I'm glad I started out on the year on a win. That's great. But let's not forget, I started and ended last year on a win too, and it was a fucking shitty year. Uh, so, you know, Sure enough, yeah, you know, uh, you know, then we get a good start again. I'm like, okay, this is weird. We get two good starts, you know, and, and I, you guys are so awesome. I, I really can feel you guys cheering for me, which is another reason why it's like painful to like, you know, I feel like I'm fucking Jens Pulver here. I'm just like, everyone gets behind him, and then I'm, I'm gonna give it one more try, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna retire, and then I'm gonna give it a try. I'm like, I don't want to be the fucking, you know, Jen Spol. I feel like I'm already the Ben the Better, whoever that guy was. Not trying to pile on him either. I already feel like I'm that guy. I don't need to be like the Jen Spol for either. I love Jen Spol already. He's a badass. So, of course, I, I, I you know, I, I mean that in tongue in cheek. But yeah, like, I'm like, ah, oh. you know, so everybody's like, you know, rooting for me. And I'm like, calma, te calma, calma, you know? Um, this is just. Listen, you know, first better. It wasn't, we don't get anything from this. We still have to hit another thing in the round robin, but. We had three more bullets left, and we went one for one. Like, that is the best thing you can feel, right? Like, come on, at least one of these got to be hit. And again, I'm not a greedy man. I'm not asking for all. I'm not even asking for the majority. I'm just asking for one. And like I told you guys last week, even though it wasn't like a conservative slate as far as how much I risked, like everything was kind of balanced. One thing takes care of the other, da-da-da-da. And even then, I, nothing's a guarantee, and I said that as much. And boy, it's like... Being air quote responsible, being modest, being fucking managing expect, doing all those check boxes, it doesn't fucking matter. It's almost like I just gotta be like, I'm the fucking best, no, I'm gonna win everything, and have that fucking attitude because that seems to be what's rewarded. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I'm feeling pretty good at this point. You know, I avoided putting Cashueta in just for the. I think I did put. Did I? I don't know. I don't even think I picked her for um. Outmaster, right? Uh, so yeah, you know, I avoided that. Whatever. I picked Sam Patterson, and part of me is like, even though I got reverse swept, I don't still don't have FOMO because again, it's like I picked that one right. 
But again, I'm not like, you know, he was moving up in weight. And um, it wasn't like a big dog price. I was already overextended. But, uh, you know, Sam Patterson hits on me. Well, at least my, my, my reads are on. Okay, let's keep this going. Let's keep this going. You know, J Jillian Robertson wins. Now, this is one where I really feel like I, I, I slipped on. I, I should have. You know, and again, it's a lot to look at. It's a prelim WMMA fight. You know, it's not the thing I typically target. But I do like me some Jillian Roberts, Robertson. And I'm glad I stayed away from the decision, I guess, because that didn't come through. But I really looked at him like, I really should have. This was a classic. You play rounds two and three. A lot of people who don't even play Dan Tom style were playing Dan Tom style. Felt I'm like, that's really weird. Like, no one usually plays this style but me. And, of course, the one time I don't play it on a fighter, I usually like to play it for. Um, we missed that boat. You know, still happy for people. Still got the pick right. Whatever. Ramon Tavares, Suri City. Glad I avoided this one. This was fun as predicted, though. And I, I was sympathetic to Suri City people, even though, you know, uh, I'd have to watch it again. But I didn't think it was the biggest robbery. It was one of those perception ones where do the impactful moments outweigh the forward pressure optics and numbers and output of Suri City. It felt like one of those classic conundrums. But, you know, I didn't want to, you know, again... Uh, that that you know awarding early work in the rounds which they usually don't do awarding counterfighters which they usually don't do and i don't like to lean into that hometown stuff but yes for what it's worth not scoring the close rounds of the hometown fighter that was a really good trend for a lot of our bets but i didn't want to get too crazy with that right and again and 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 again god forbid i actually have sympathy for other betters out there dan you what are you bragging about no one cares the mma got sure as shit don't in fact probably makes your fucking luck worse uh, so sure enough, I keep my fucking mouth shut as I'm sympathetic for others and just, just hoping, hoping to get through, hoping to get through, right? Because even coming off of a big win, I'm still, you know, I'm still level-headed. I'm like, listen, folks, this is crazy. We're lucky to even cash one bet, you know? Shouldn't you reward the person with that attitude? No, of course, no, no. We got to fucking punish this person even more, of course. Why not? Uh, and, of course, Sean Woodson, Charles Jordan. That was too close of a fight. I didn't really watch it closely, so I can't give you guys an opinion but yes, you know, to myself, even though I didn't want to, you know, and again, I'm trying to be classy and not like bring bad karma. And part of me was like, oh, I'm glad I dodged that. But I'm like, no, no, I don't want to just, let's just shut up, Dan. Don't tell damn damn May gods. Now, not that there's anything wrong with saying that, by the way, just my weird superstition. I feel like, you know, for obvious reasons, folks, as I'm sure you guys can see right now, I feel like I'm constantly on two strikes with the MMA gods. So like, I am just trying not to fucking piss them off. Um, and then you have that weird thing where, you know, because Charles is pronounced Charles, uh, you had the Sean Charles mix up. Garrett Armfield defeated Brad Katona. Again, I actually had an argument and people that, uh, didn't bet the fight, people that picked the other way, uh, maybe even Anik and like broadcasters who aren't even supposed to really give their opinions or their opinions probably give them, get them in more trouble you know, uh, do more harm than help, obviously. And even those people were saying Katona had a chance. What does Dan Tom do? Is he doing the classic better thing where even if it's not close, I'm calling robbery, much less when it actually is? Or not even calling robbery, but complaining about it? No, what did I say? I said judges probably got it right because you know what? It was consistent with what we saw with the Ramon Tavares fight as far as they were awarding the counterfighter the early work opposed to the late work. And for what it's worth, the non-Canadian. I can't really get mad at that, right? Even when money on, is on the line, look at Dan Tom here. Actually trying not to be a hypocrite. We all are. We're human beings. I'm actually trying not to be a fucking hypocrite. Keeping the same energy. God forbid, right? 
Losing with some class, God forbid. Not complaining. Trying to actually, not just for myself, but for you, all you gamblers and all the stereotypes we have to wear anytime there's a loss. To where when it is a, it feels like the boy who cried wolf when we are actually in the wrong end because so many people cry unfairly. So I'm trying to reverse that. No, it's fine. It's fine. We got we got plenty else in the, you know, we just need the biggest bet of the night, Shitara. We can even still pull through on the parlay side because I ended up having small sprinkles in the rounds for uh, Curtis and Katona to save us from that parlay, which, by the way, brought parlays back. Oh, was that a swing and a miss? And the round two and round threes weren't close for Katona, so I'm not even going to complain that they were a cry about that. But it was annoying because, back to my analysis, you saw that it was there. He just wasn't being dogged enough. You know, he wasn't, he was too happy, which Katona can do. And another reason why I'm just going to go back to staying the fuck away from him. And I, and back, and I stayed away from making fun of his accent because, again, I'm trying, I'm trying to, trying to get some good karma here. Uh, and, uh, no, fuck that accent, man. And fuck betting on Bracadona. But yeah, if he would have, if he would have pushed it harder, he would, he could have done it. You saw, uh, Armfield gassing. It was like that crucial moment where it's like, I know you're failing on those couple clinch takedowns and stuff, but like just a couple more, even if they're not the best, they're going to pay dividends and maybe even work. Um, so you still saw the path there. So that was the annoying part, even though it wasn't necessarily close. Um, uh, Marvzar Evloyev defeats Arnold Allen. Man, this was a close one, and it sucks. I didn't go back to watch it. This one I felt bad on because, again, according to criteria, and this was annoying because, again, we were, you know, um, they're awarding counterfighters, person who did late work, and that was uh, that was Allen, right? Um, um, and then when we get to Chris Curtis and Barrio, they go back to that trend, of course. Of course, they just stop the trend right when it's uh, the fight where I need it, right? Of course, of course, they stop that trend. Um, and they give it to Ivloyev, and which is fine. And but again, the annoying part is I, I, I'm trying to be classy over here, and I'm seeing betters. And God bless them, uh, you know, on the timeline, hating winners uh, or whatever and whatnot. But like, I'm just like, oh man, like, uh, and and but like, you know, some, some people are having like massive nights, and we're just like, ah, no sweat. And like, I think I saw someone post like a recap, and God damn it. And again, I, I I'm happy for you guys wins and. I, I get it. Just because I'm not a victory lap fan doesn't mean victory laps are wrong. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. Doesn't mean you can't. I'm not saying any of that shit, folks. You know, have fun. A lot of y'all deserve it, and I will be right there cheerleading with you if you're one of my friends. Uh, we know this, but um, goddamn it, in the gambling space, death taxes and motherfuckers off a winning night uh, giving powerpoints. You know, whether it's on their podcast, whether it's on Twitter, and again, that's why I'm just like emphasizing the fact that I stay fucking humble and I keep that same energy even after a win. Um, but, like, everyone has to do a PowerPoint, like, on why they're the shit. I fucking hate that trope. And not just because it's so, like, easy to make fun of and fucking common. Think about it. Anybody. It doesn't have to be uh, someone you like, someone you dislike, friend, friend of the show, not friend of the show. It doesn't, this goes across the fucking board. So I don't mean anything personal if this is you. This is, I, I love you, okay? But this is fucking true. We have to accept this. Holy shit. But the worst part about it is when they do it and then they, it's like they didn't learn anything from it. You're like, this is why it's so trite but so true that saying you learn more from a loss. Because I saw someone's like recap on like the Evil Oev and Allen fight and they're like, Evil Oev, too dominant, nothing more to say. And I'm like, dude, your guy arguably didn't even win the fucking fight. Like, and if, if you know, and if you are that much of a nut hugger on him, shouldn't you be saving yourself and seeing ahead of a trend? Like, okay, you got off this time, but now that he enters the top five with that kind of a gas tank, um, if his wrestling and, and if his wrestling isn't turning into game over ground and pound or submission game over abilities, so he's not going to be, be game over ending that round early. Now he's going to be in five rounders. 
uh, instead of three rounders and against much better wrestlers, much better fighters in general. Like this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where your radar should be turned on. Um, forget the fact of as a profitable gambler, much much less you know, trying to grow as a human being, learn learning from things. God forbid. Uh, so that's also the really annoying part where you're just like, oh, that that's right. That's what's rewarded. That attitude is rewarded. Um, and that analysis is rewarded. That is, you know. Uh, meanwhile, you know, oh, Dan, your analysis is great. I'm like, is it? I got fucking reverse sweeped. I don't know if it's that great, right? And then, of course, we have the round three, which gave me flashbacks to what was it? Um, Kutata Ladse and fucking another close, another close decision that I was on the wrong end of, that not just on the wrong end of, but arguably didn't need to go to decision because you have a crucial kneeing uh, exchange that they've been working so hard to change these rules on. Uh, and, of course, uh, what should not be deemed is illegal, especially in that Kudata Latze fight because you didn't even have the rules thing like you did in this one where they were operating off of old rules. Which, again, I still say, you're going to play the game even within the few jurisdictions you can't play the game in, okay, even more so, uh, the game can be played back to you, you know, a la DJ, um, you know, DJ uh, Dotson lifting, lifting someone up from the Fred headlock to get that hand up and knee in him. And uh, it fucked Evil Oev up bad, busted the whole side of his head open to match um, Arnold's bloody face from round two. And who knows what it could have been. We, we might not have needed it. And if we didn't, that means round three would have cashed. And what were we loaded up on? Oh, fucking boy. Um, I mean, we would have, it would have, this would have been, again, a thousand dollar swing right there. Over a thousand dollar swing. You already had, that's a plus 1800 getting ready to get paired up with a, what, a plus 275 flick by submission that was already cashed and waiting in the wings of the round robin. Plus the 300 to, to 400 or whatever, that would have got straight up from just the straight up sprinkle on the round three. Plus the one unit on Allen at plus 175. So that's almost another two units back. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, God forbid we get one of those. And then we go back to giving the Southpaw counterfighter, uh, you know, uh, early work, even if you will, guy, uh, Chris Curtis, uh, who rightfully gets the decision. Um, but it doesn't matter at that point, right? And even though round three turns into a barn burner, you know, not quite enough to get Barrio out of there, even though, again, those left uppercuts, the body and the head was just so much play, again, for what it's worth. Yeah, this is, right? Like, yeah, that was fucking spot the fuck on. Uh, Neil Magny, Mike Malott, it's weird. I'm And I'm happy for everybody to cash Neil Magny, but I, I'm not even feeling FOMO missing out on this one. Um, uh, I think I put him at, like, one of those untracked, like, round robins of the table, so I actually did make a little bit off this one. Um, with the, with, with Jimmy, with, I think, I think Jimmy Flick as well. But again, it's untracked. I don't talk about that, folks. Even on a reverse sweep, where it'd be nice to talk about, like, some things that you cash. And I also took, like, flick straight up, like, uh, on the counter. So, I didn't get reverse sweep to the counter, but again, that's, that's, that's on track. That shit don't matter, folks. Um, but, yeah, this was a classic Magni spot. That was just, like, that was brutal, you know. And I didn't even have anything played on it. Again, the only thing I had played was one untracked round robin that actually hit. So, if, if anything, I actually cashed on this one. But, uh, you know, as far as my picks, my tout master, all that goes, plop. Uh, for that, you know, um, that was just kind of, like, a classic there. Uh... But I will say, I did say Malat submission round two, and that was really close. He kind of just ran out of time there, right? Um, very similar to Shavkat, except Shavkat was able to buzzer beat and cash our ticket that time. Uh, the big loss of the night, um, you know, which, which is wor the wor worst because it's a WMA fight, and it was a terrible WMA fight. So it's just one of those ones where it was easy to write it off, 
ahead of time if you weren't paying attention. And both fighters were really underrated. You can make cases for both fighters. But, of course, with hindsight being a bad fight and me being bad bet, because it's a losing bet, it's a bad bet, um, that really hurt, you know? And it sucked because it's like, oh, I should have been able to see it, right? WMA, yada, yada. But at the same time, you know, Shitara uh, has, you know, usually has uh, really aged, you know, fairly well and has done fairly well for me, uh, you know, uh, as far as, you know, and I went through that, you know, as far as her evolution. And when I get feelings like this on fighters, um, I usually do pretty good, you know what I'm saying? Uh, whether it's, you know, the Brazilian fighters that I love, like the Poetons and Pantojas, and I was real careful to not put her in that. Obviously, you can't. She hasn't even become a champion or proved herself in any way like that, right? But, uh, you know, it was, she was living somewhere between there and the prospects who I'm high on. And if you look at the top shelf guys, I got a pretty good track record on, right? And go back to my um, prospects to watch article. Again, very, for you MMA gamblers, like, like eh, shut up with the analysis, results that matter, bro. It's like, okay, fine. But at least go look at last year's or this year's that's pinned to my profile at Dan Tom MMA's prospect article because those things have a crazy high hit percentages, both like aging well, picks, win rates, finish rates, like all these things are disproportionately good, G-H-U-D-E, good, okay, in my defense there, and uh, and so I was kind of banking on that, but again, of course, that's analysis, when we start putting bets into it, right, when we're talking about, talking about circumstantial tropes and luck, again, I make fun of MMA gambling Twitter for always fading the old person. And, but what do I also say? It's like, and part of the reason is also because, not just because I like the old person or I'm the contrarian to make the case. That is all true. But another reason is because when I'm fucking jumping on the trend, on the trend, all right, folks, all right, time to fade the old person, it fucking blows up. And then it blows up, not just blows up where you're wrong, which sucks bad enough. It's like in an I told you so way where it's like, how'd you not see that coming, bro? You bet on that fight? You bet that much on that fight? You know, and you just look stupid for it. And that is egg on my face. And again, the worst part is to follow in line with it, even though both fighters arguably fought terrible, especially the fighter I backed. She has just had a terrible performance. You could tell by the end of round one, I was worried. Even though I bet her rounds two, three, and four as money rounds, she did not leave the gas in the tank. You could already see she was not fighting at a pace. Um, she was disrespecting, you know, Raquel, Raquel's punches. But at the same time, what did I say? Advantage at kicking range. Uh, what did I say? Uh, win, lose, draw, submission, win or not, any outcome, Raquel Pennington's leg is getting damaged, which is why I was saying the reason why I wasn't completely selling out on uh, Shitara by sub, and I was betting rounds as far as not by methods. And sure enough, literally, you go back and watch, the first struck strike landed is the first strike thrown, and it's a leg kick by Bueno Silva. And that one calf kick you immediately see just welting and disproportionate too. You see like a shift on her shin, like it's in the fourth round. It was insane. Like I, I, I started tweeting like I wanted to cash my money. I was like, see, look, look, like Leo DiCaprio, you know. But then I stopped mid-tweet. I'm like, Dan, especially with the way tonight's going, your whole night depends on this. Shut the fuck up. Have some class. Nobody cares that your analysis is right. You could still very well lose this. You know, let's try to get all the karma points we can. We need to go all the help we fucking can, clearly, to, to make it out of these fucking events. And sure enough, she just starts all of a sudden just rushing with her head, disrespecting it, just going for... 
and you know you can't even criticize ATT game plans because she wasn't even she clearly wasn't following a game plan. You don't need to hear the corner for that. But yeah, when you go to the corner with Bahumpa, they're losing their mind. They're like, "What are you doing? This is nothing from what we planned." So that's why immediately after the first round, I, I knew my bet was lost, man. I knew my bet was lost. But that being said. To the credit of the fighter I was backing, to the credit of the analysis as to why I was backing that fighter, what did I say? Raquel Pennington, from kicking range to grappling, she can't help but go into the fire. She cannot help. And in a fight where not just one of the worst titles, and again, I didn't, me and Fenya were talking like, you know, not just being on the wrong end, but being on the wrong end against goats like Nunez or Jones, you know? And then it's bad enough picking against those people and all the unpopularity, but then you're going to, you're literally going to get like, you're literally picking people and they have the worst performances like of all year gone versus Jones. And it wasn't just me. It was on many other people's lists. You can't even say it's my betting bias. Like that is factual. Again, I got another motherfucker that just froze up on a fucking title fight. Really? Again. And even with that and my luck and all that playing out, my analysis was still so right that even with the silver platter, Pennington was still almost getting submitted over and over and over again. And even if she wasn't and says, like, oh, those weren't close, it's like you still shouldn't even been letting them get that close. And even to her own corner and her own backwards, she, you shouldn't even have been in those positions, right? Everyone was wanting her to box, right? Where she was having credit. So it was just like, so again, like, I... <laughs> I lost badly while still be proved whilst my having my analysis proven absolutely right and that is so fucking painful. That is so fucking painful. And whilst to tread that weird line in you know just Hugo weaving all over the fucking place, still also somehow to prove my analysis right while still delivering one of the worst title performances. I mean, we just went to the best best title performances. Well, I'll know how it'll be real easy research for worst title performances. I'll just go track my bets. When that show comes up, real fucking easy. Um, at this point, I really don't care because I didn't even bet the main event. Dragon's Duplicity defeat Sean Strickland. Um, I scored it for Strickland live ever so slightly, but I get the optics game and whatnot. It didn't surprise me that Duplicity won, uh, but I, I did score it for Strickland for what it's worth. Um, I had a good talk with Eric like the day he got back or the day after he got back on a Tuesday last week and you could tell you wanted it man and again it was just one of those things you just you can have the, the you can have the best game plan in the world but if the fighter doesn't doesn't do doesn't give you that energy that effort or doesn't do the right things you know you just you just you just, it's it's a it's you know you think I'm frustrated like I was telling Eric like we think we're frustrated from home right uh, me you the audience listener here like, dude, imagine being in these corners. Like, you know, they're just, they're losing their mind. You know, I mentioned Bahumpa earlier, or guys I actually do know and talk to, like Eric. Um, very frustrating. So, sorry, long, long, more longer than I thought. But, uh, uh, but yeah, looking lean, Dan D. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, speaking of good advice and good people, like I said, part of the uh, good advice, and, you know, not to, not to peek too far behind the curtain, but, yeah, um, uh, my guy uh, Dan Levy here was a big motivator for me. Um, really trying to get back in the gym, uh, seeing him not just do his jujitsu and his journey that he's been consistently on, but you know, just reminding me of stuff that I already knew, but I just needed to hear. And uh, and yeah, I've been. That's probably also why I'm a bit grumpy too, folks. I'm like I'm I'm in diet mode too. I'm uh, waking up at 185 and finishing workouts in the low 180s. 
Uh, my fat ass has been hanging out between 205 to 209 out of shape, so yeah, down over 20. Uh, trying to get the 170s by Thailand. All right, 46 minutes, way too long. Sorry, folks. UFC Vegas 85, UFC Fight Night 235, UFC Fight Night, the lead savers, Imovov. We've got uh, Roman the lead Zay plus 130, roughly, as your underdog uh, and the favorite, minus 166 for Nasruddin Imovov. Um, main event breakdown just dropped on Junkie. I already submitted my co-main betting preview for action. Not sure if that's up. Uh, so you guys may have already seen these and where I'm headed. But uh, this is another middleweight fight. Speaking of middleweight headliners, I kind of want nothing to do with This is another one of those. And um, this one, I actually am picking the dog. You know, I am picking the side where there's the dreaded value word. Shout out to Joey O, who was on that clip that I tried to get on the podcast, but was able to post kind of in thread form, you know, when talking. And that's why I, like, I should be threading more, because like, I'll do like a two thread. I'll give so much fucking information and cram in mind, but that's not what interjects. It's quick quips and fucking engagement rage bait, usually, for the most part. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, it's... I like the lead Zay here. Honestly, um, I don't disagree with Imovov being favored. I'm guessing it's because he actually has the five-round experience in the Apex, although he didn't look great in that fight. He has the more superior range game because he also, not so coincidentally, has a better process to his game, at least on the feet. Uh, arguably, too, on the floor, since he won't sacrifice um, terrible positions. Uh, he does kind of crash into the clinch a lot, which is what worries me. Uh, because even though he's got a lot of that Muay Thai savvy and swagger, you will see from the Fernand Lopez MMA factory fighters, he carries a lot of that similar swag, frames for the elbows and knees. Well, as we can see, the Lidze has some freakishly framish elbows and knees in particular, very strong in that range, plus the submission grappling prowess, where he can get most of his takedowns he likes prefers from the clinch. He's athletic enough to shoot from the open, doesn't do it a ton, and... The few that I remember seeing, a lot of them, uh, he would use that to enter and then have to like chain to something else if he got a takedown. But um, he's not a really reliable or consistent guy really in any phase because he really is not too um, processed, that is the lead say. But he is much more dangerous. He's much more opportunistic, much more, uh, more ways to win the fight in my opinion, even though uh, Imovov is more well-rounded than given credit for or has perhaps shown even, even though he has shown some good groundwork from topside. Just don't think he wants to be messing with that. I know leg locks aren't the most high percentage, but look at what the Leeds has been able to do, even who he's been able to do it too, right? Um, that Jack Hermanson was really impressive, although, again, early on in that fight, uh, that leg kick defense is just really bad, even though he still wins that fight. And, of course, regardless of how you scored the Vittori fight, he did lose that fight in, in the common thread, regardless of result, reason why I bring it up. Um, is because the leg kicks, you know, whether it was a southpaw in Vittori or an orthodox fighter in Hermanson. Um, the leg kick defense does not seem to be there for Delize. I mean, let's be honest, he doesn't really seem that defensive-minded. Imovov actually likes to look like he likes to imitate defense at the very least. You know, you can poke holes in his defense too for sure, but at least he likes to, you know, imitate that uh, as best he can, even if it's through... You know, a lot of uh, lean-back, draw-back, um, suave styling uh, of defense there. Um, small cage as well. So, if, you know, these these tighter fights, you know, me, I tend to give slight edges stylistically to the more superior submission grappler. Wrestler in this case is going to be Roman Delize. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go with him, but it's not a confident pick. 
Uh, probably won't be playing with him. Maybe I throw him in a round robin um, because it looks like it's going to be like a uh, shout out to my guy Clint, diehard MMA pod. Um, that guy's fun, man. Uh, but like, and I don't, so I, I don't want to steal his, so I just want to maybe give him the proper shot. But uh, I know he likes to do a submission special. Sometimes my round robins end up being un. Oh, my fucking shoulder. God. Gotta stop leaning. Oh, um. Ah! Oh, gotta protect it too. Uh, you know, sometimes my round robins end up being unofficial submission specials. And this one's already looking to be, but if I do like a fifth leg or something, maybe, you know, you throw the leads a sub on there or something, depending on what you can get for it. Um, but that's gonna be my pick around three. Uh, round two or round three. So one of those middle ish rounds there. Um, but yeah, nothing on it. Not jumping to get to the window on that one. Uh, co-main event, arguably the best fight on the car. People are most looking forward to. Uh, you got Hanato Moicano, minus 192. Uh, Drew Dober, plus 148. You forget that Hanato Moicano hasn't fought for a minute because, oddly enough, his, his uh, popularity has grown in spite of his absence. Crack some water here. So you go back and look at him against Southpaws, and technically he's just 0-1 against dedicated Southpaws, and of course that was against RDA, and of course that was on shorter notice. Uh, but if you remember, which I do, from that breakdown, and God, I mean, close decisions, weird ref interventions, non-stoppages, and when it comes to non-stoppages, you know, this wasn't quite Benoit Saint-Denis, um, Easy Dos Santos, uh, but of course I was on the wrong end of this one too uh, with all that inside the distance money that was a huge another thousand dollar swing if I had the rounds the round robins the inside the big ch inside the distance fucking chunk holy shit that just gives me flashbacks that that one and not just the you know five rounds they gave you the gift of the five rounds when it shouldn't have been five rounds um, but Dos Anjos uh, he attacks the body and obviously being a southpaw power left side uh strong left-sided strikes and something i noted um was obviously people who could counter the jab which is why i picked jose aldo and korean zombie to knock him out at featherweight but why i also end up going with Vaziv to knock him out was because Vaziv not could not could just counter the jab but um Vaziv also went to the body and you look at the Vaziv fight and a lot of the other fights um left hands actually have a Maybe not, I wouldn't go so far as to use a stronger word to say a disproportionate amount of landing. But they definitely stand out more than the rights. And that was something that I pointed out. And that was true for both the kicks and the punches for RDA. Um, and uh, I know Moicano's left eye was damaged up. But a lot of that was from trying to slip the left hand. So the left hand was actually still doing it to that eye. And then the majority lion's share came from that ground and pound when he almost got the first stoppage the first time the fight should have been stopped um, in round three or whatever that was. Um, but yeah, uh, so Dober has got a cannon of a left side. Dober will go to the body. He does the change up with the left hand, especially when he has his opponents crowd against the cage. And that's usually around the time where he will let go of the kicks too. He used to kick a lot more. Um... In same stands matchups, he will remind himself to do the leg kick that he would do a lot more. Uh, you saw when he was coming up onto the scene. Um, but as far as, you know, uh, jab counters, it's not really his thing. Not that he can't counter. It's more just like getting hit and firing back 
or hopping in and out, hopping in one, two, hopping back, you know, uh, kind of a thing. Not that he's like a Conor McGregor out there, but he, he's got a bit of that, you know, bounce step in him. Of course, Drew Dober was, was going back over what ranks he has. And he, I forgot, not just the Muay Thai experience, but he has the Taekwondo black belt like I do. So you, there, there's, it's just this weird, it's something that I'm, I'm trying to get coached out of my, my Thai kicks right now. And um, it's something I notice I'm really doing with a lot of the drilling. Oh, man, I've been having so much fun drilling. Feeling good. Um, uh, looking a little less like a fucking... I was going to say nonce. Jesus Christ, that's not the right word. English people are laughing right now. Looking a little less like a novice. That's the word I'm looking for uh, each time. Obviously, I'm not a novice. I just, I'm just i just old, out of shape, out of swing, and suck. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing some really... Some back on the privates for those and stuff, and uh, that's been fun. But, yeah... Um, I, I noticed that habit too now because I, I fucking do the same, the same thing except I'm not uh, handsome or awesome like Drew Dober or a pro fighter uh, so I really gotta fix it you know what I'm saying uh, but yeah Dober does have a bit of that um, so not the traditional things I would look for uh, against a guy I want to beat Moikanu but again he does have the bare base tools to get the job done especially with the chaos of the smaller octagon, you know, Dober usually doesn't get it done in round two. It's usually round one for him as far as when he's finishing people. Uh, but you look at one of the only round two finishes in recent memory. That one comes, of course, with that Bobby Green fight where he was actually getting pieced up. But that was also in the small cage. So, uh, I forgot. I actually got small cage records for the main and co-main event, but I forgot them. And to be honest, they're not really that important. They generally aren't too much, really. But uh, they didn't really poor 10 or say much for what it's worth so apologies but also you're not missing too much um but yeah uh, uh so even though the value especially with the way the money was going was open as a pick'em, i would love for an excuse to pick dober but uh no i i see it for moicano you know even though he's not too physical and dober you know uh, is underrated uh, as far as you know he's a strong guy he's used to people trying to take him down his whole career um, his scrambling has gotten a little has gotten a little better. His sub defense has, has definitely gotten better. Um, and his, but at the end of the day, submissions are still that common culprit. At the end of the day, he still can be taken down. At the end of the day, he will kind of give his back and and show some back exposure, even if he's good about using the fence. And it's more of a taller tripod, so it may, he really makes that ski slope when he kind of turtles right. Um, but. Moicano is a is a is a dude who could probably still take your back like that, you know. Um, he is a wicked fast back taker. His shuck buys and his chains, you know. Again, he, he will shoot in the open, but it's a lot of the the chains and shuck buys that'll end up getting it done for him uh, along the fence there. Uh, small cage. He knows what he's got to do. Um, he's had a break for the chin. You got you you want to hope we'll see there. Um, whereas Dover's chin, which wasn't in question, he always had that edge, and he still does here on paper. But you know. Now that he's been stopped, now that it's been cracked, you look at the mileage that he has, even though he looks young. You know, mileage is mileage. Mid-30s is mid-30s, even though as a guy in the, the wrong end of the mid-30s, I'm definitely rooting for my mid-30s, guys. I got Moicano here. Um, I felt like the best bang for your buck is the under. I hate playing unders. I'm not confident on unders on a good day, uh, much less the luck that I've been fucking having. Do you think I like that bet? No, but... I'm not going to bet things just because I suck or I'm going to fade myself, which I will do for the reverse parlay. I guess I'll probably play an over um, or something for plus money. Um, I'll par I mean, you can usually get a, a, an, a total in a parlay over a prop. So maybe that's how I'll, I'll counter myself here. But yeah, one of the uh, main plays I have on the board right now 
I, you can get it for the opener or just under the opener. Uh, you know, minus 124, minus 125 was the opener. I got it for minus 130. That's still playable chalk for me. I wouldn't play anything over minus 140 on this, by the way, folks. Minus 145, would I would put as a cap on it. But that's still within playable chalk. Uh, so I put 1.3 units to get a unit back on minus 130. And then what I also did is I put a... a not even a Scotty Pippen. I think I think I just put a quarter unit on Moicano round two at plus six fifty, and I think that's like one point six two units return. So that like, because I think he's gonna do it in round two. Most of the time he does it under the under mark, but with Dober, you know, he, Dober was able to get to what round three with with Makhachev. Um, you know, even though Makhachev in his defense that that wasn't a small cage, but Makhachev was also doing some striking in there. And they're much more different styles. Makachev will cook his way to a submission unless it's just like that crazy club and sub style that he got on him, Dubronx. Uh, whereas um, Moicano, he will just be quick. He's quick snatches in the back, quick opportunistic sub. Bop, bop, bop. So uh, it's not that, oh, Moicano's not as good as Islam. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, maybe that logic will take you to a cashing ticket. Hell, probably because you're on the opposite side of me. But yes, as far as showing the work, which would be part of the fucking course, I would show the work correctly and still not get it right. Um, yeah, that, that shouldn't dissuade you from uh, if you are wanting to follow uh, my logic in some way, whether it's toward the under or my Kano in round two. The round two is just insurance in case we do get it right and we miss that total marker. Um, just a single quarter unit sprinkle will get us all that money back, you know, plus what is it like? 32 ducats back, you know what I'm saying? So we'll still technically profit um, off of that. But yeah, that's what I did. Moicano round two plus 650 quarter unit and Moicano Dober under 1.5 minus 130, 1.3 units. Um, What's up? We got Liam and some other people in the chat. My man, Liam, good dude. I gave you a shout earlier in the show, Liam. Uh, much deserving one, my brother. I hope you're well. I thank you. I hope you're well too. Check out Liam's channel too, folks. Great show, great analysis. Uh, he's another guy. Kind of, uh, you know, he does the damn thing. Uh, he's a grappler as well. Um, appreciate that, dude. Let's go to. Uh, I was just middle of doing tape on this one. I wanted to get it all done, but I, I, I'm. To be honest, a lot of it was affirming stuff, so it, it only kind of reassure, not reassures, but you know what I'm saying. I want to leave myself a little bit of wiggle room, but yeah. I can see where I'm going on this one. We got uh, Randy Rudeboy Brown, minus 260. Comeback on Muslim Selikoff, plus 196. Uh, again, not to be ageist or whatever, but I just feel like Selikoff's age is showing. Like You could almost just see the struggle. You know, he's like, come on. Ugh. And I know Dalvi Locomotivo is, you know... Uh, what do they call him right now? EPO Motivo or something? I forget. I don't know. I'm a Dolby fan, so good on that, dude. But, like, yeah, like, um, so I, I get that style is definitely exhausting. No shade there. But just in general, man, Salikov really looking to tire himself out. His grappling has improved since stepping onto the scene, which makes sense. It's like he knew he had to. The freaking resources clearly are around him. Obviously, he's more of a Wushu Sanda guy than he is a, a Dagestani wrestler from forged in the fires of Dagestan. Like, they're not all wrestlers like that, folks. That being said, he actually does have some underrated wrestling. You could tell he's really worked hard on his grappling. However, that doesn't necessarily help the aging, cardio, stamina, management sort of the deal, right? So uh, you kind of see him fade toward those end rounds. Um, that being said, man, uh, you know, he has... Um, 
he has spin kicks, uh, which, uh, you know, the left-sided shots, I think, can do good against Brown, who can kind of dip. You know, we'll see Brown kind of do the jabbing, you know, kind of have those, like, boxing, real old, real boxing uh, habits where he really dips to that side. So, you know, even though uh, he's not facing a southpaw here, uh, Salikov, you know, like a lot of Russian kickboxers, they're good with the lead leg, that switch, switch side, and then also the spinning, right? Whether it's the uh, to the body, which there's a long body there, right? Uh, a lot of body to kick or uh, up to the head. Uh, those shots are going to be live from the left side. And, of course, the good old right hand, which, you know, uh, Salikov can time. Uh, he can, you know, corral to the cage, kind of see where the fighter is fading into it and kind of really intercept with that right hand. Those are going to be live for him to get the knockout here in rounds one or two, I would say, are his paths to victory. Um, you know, maybe I'll put something there because I'm, I'm thinking about betting Randy Brown, but small. I just want to, you know, and maybe I, I can't remember my first breakdown of my leaning. It was, if anything, it was just kind of like this, a sprinkle on something, maybe smaller pass. I'm not trying to buy in on the price tag or the chalk for Randy Brown because we've seen him kind of play with his food um, and stuff like that. And again, there are pathways to victory for the knockout. But I think the small cage, again, favors the more dangerous grappler. And I, I do believe that is Randy Brown. You know, he always had some underrated submission prowess. You know, brown belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, long limbs. I know we've seen him get, you know, out grapple. We've seen him get finished in weird positions. Sure. But he also can get, you know, opportunistic submissions where you don't even need to get it on the ground. The the Howboy, shout out to MMA Analysis Podcast, Cowboy Oliveira, standing RNC, you know. Um, he's got front chokes. You know, Worley Alves, he got him with a triangle off of his back, right? So if he hurts Salikov or is, is putting pressure on him, Salikov could shoot get himself in a front choke, or maybe he shoots and misses the front choke but gets Randy Brown down. Randy Brown gets a triangle, right? Maybe it's one of those standing things where Salikov's tired and he just cranks the choke standing. Or he he's wrestling him because now, even against a bigger guy coming down who specializes in hoss grappling like a Wellington Terman, right? You know, it was kind of maybe questionable, but as far as sizing this matchup, if he's willing to do that to the Wellington Terman and actually able to, to stifle him and get takedowns, why is he not able to do that against a Muslim Salikov, right? And then, thirdly, there's the good old-fashioned falling down, right? Where whether his back's to the cage and butt's on the ground because Randy Brown just put him there in the same scenario that I just said with a Wellington tournament. Or, you know, I was going back to watch, I think it was like in round two of the Dalby fight. Like, he's not even throwing anything spinning. Like, he just, again, he's tired. You know, you got the pressure of somebody uh, coming forward or a distance that you don't really, you know, is throwing you off like a longer guy like Brown where it gets to you before you realize you fall backwards and he just falls on his butt near the cage. And whether he was knocked down, whether he's fallen down or taken down and scrambling up, the motion I keep seeing Salikov do is give his neck. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually thinking about doing Randy Brown for my prop squad submission for this week for Action Network. And not just putting it in the round robin, but again, I'm not buying in. I'm not. I'm not putting him in a parlay. I'm not buying the chalk. So you know, if we're getting near plus five, you know, or four hundred or so, uh, right around there, four to one. Like, why not just another quarter? You know, quarter to a half a unit sprinkle. Maybe just a Scotty Pippen on there, and then whatever exposure is in the round robin, right? Um, so that's where I'm, I'm, I'm leaning again. Check me, uh, quick picks and prognostications at MMA Junkie on Fight Day for my picks and explanations for those picks. And check me at Dan Tom MMA. It should be popped up here, right? Yep, at Dan Tom MMA. Weird, creepy thumb.
tickle tickle uh easy dan uh <laughs> on fight day of course you can find my picks and plays posted there um i'll take a break uh when we get through the main card i just want to get through this first uh we got natalia silva minus 345 viviana uh boy this fight is like I mean, this this card is featuring some non-betters for me, the do not bet list. Pretty sure Ada Ujo is on that do not bet list. She might as well not be. But that being said, this is dogger pass for the prize because, like, I get Natalia Silva. Give me Natalia Silva. Um, but it's crazier that she is the more... Uh, you look at their accolades, like... I think Viviana Araujo, not only does she outrank her in both judo and jiu-jitsu with her grappling accolades, I think she's got better striking accolades, too. Uh, Natalia Silva, I think she's like purple belts or whatever in Muay Thai. I think they give a belt system down there for theirs, right, in Brazil. And uh, I think like a purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu, but, you know, her dexterity, her submission prowess, her strike, you know, I get it. I get it. I don't want to play it. I'll probably end up picking it. Um, but even if I did pick Ada Ujo, man, I just cannot pick Ada Ujo's fights to save my life. You know, when I go on her as a dog, she she doesn't show up. She's just so inconsistent. She's just on my no-bet list. And in my defense, the reason why she's on that no-bet list because she's inconsistent, man. So uh, I'll probably end up picking Natalia Silva, but we'll see. I wouldn't, I'm not. I'm clearly not in a rush to bet this fight. Uh, this next fight, however, uh, I, I could be betting. Um, this one is right next on my docket, actually, right after this. Uh, after the, well, I pretty much finished my Salakoff Brown analysis for the most part. There's just a little bit more I want to watch. Uh, for, for, you know, me, thorough Lebowski. Uh, we have, um, uh, alias scab Kizriev, uh, as I, as you know, people like to say he's the chubby Khabib or as I have written down here, I call him Chubbib. Chubbib, baby. Chubbib. Chubbib. Chubbib is minus 162 and he's facing Mahmoud. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be careful when I'm typing his name in the Instagram for pictures. I want to make sure I get the right pictures. Mahmoud, baby. Sorry, I'm not trying to spread any Dakota Cochran misinfo out there, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't want to know, but I'm pretty sure there's some stories of Mahmoud out there. Anyway, Mahmoud Murdoff, baby. Mahmoud, baby. Plus 135. Jesus, Dan, stick to the breakdown. Um, You know, giving a chubby to Chabib. Uh, I'm going to get some chub if Chabib's able to take him down because right now I'm looking at Chabib. It's Kizriev. Uh, to wins one and two, you know, this guy's still unproven, right? He's not like forged in the fires of Dagestan. Like there's no even masters of sports stuff. Not that he doesn't have it. Not that he didn't grow up wrestling and doing martial arts. I believe he did. Um, but on his bio, it's funny. It's like, he's got like the Timor Valley of thing where he's got a, an, a, he's got a degree in accounting as his accomplishments. Like he didn't even list martial arts stuff like him and Timor Valley of like, they look like full Dagestan. They're like accounting. Uh, I was like, all right. Um, but yeah, no, his style is for the small cage. He's got a southpaw style. It'd be a little back foot too much for the striking. A little more opportunistic, maybe because he's undersized for this weight. He's like my size at 185. And like, I'm waking up at 185 now. I don't know what this guy's doing. Um, you know, like we're small for 170. He's much more thicker than I am and obviously much more capable and much more of a much more of a mountain man. He has build, so you know, he has... He his men, right? That is what what we. <laughs> uh, no, uh, he he obviously you know uh, is strong enough to compete, even though he probably should be a welterweight, where he still wouldn't be the biggest guy. Um, that being said, it might not matter here. Mahmoud Muradov, you know, even against like really bad former welterweights who have made lightweight, um, 
not really bad, but really bad, at least in that performance. Like you guys know me, I'm a big fan of Bam Bam Barbarina. I wouldn't disrespect him, but that was an awful choice, awful look for Bam Bam, uh, etc. And I feel like Mahmoud even made that harder than he needed to. I also feel like he's got a bit of that Salikov thing where he's improving on his grappling, but I don't know if that's really helping his game. Now he's just being in much more harder, closer-to-call fights where he's doing better in areas where you wouldn't have expected to, to his credit. But then also it's like, what is he really getting done? It's not really helping both the entertainment nor his win conditions of a fight. Um, so for that reason, plus the small octagon typically not being kind to him or his style, uh, it's really kind to more of a Kizriev style in my opinion. So uh, I'm leaning, again, I'm, I'm still going to watch some tape just to refresh myself on some certain things here or there. But uh, I'm going to be leaning to Kizriev um, by submission here. And he's another one of those guys where I'm looking at him for the submission round robin, but I'm also looking to play him in round two. Um, him in round two or Brown, because he's just getting priced out pretty much for, um, the sub is getting priced out for... Prop squad, we usually like to limit ourselves to plus 350. And I think plus 350 is only available in one house, and that probably won't be there for long. So, um, it'll probably, I'm, right now I'm looking at round two or Randy Brown by sub for my prop squad, unless something else pops up to me. Uh, but again, even if something pops up, you know, Silva out of Ujo is not a fight I want to bet. And neither is the next fight. Uh, again, picking Kizria by sub, probably. Check me on Fight Day at Tom MMA. But I'm, I'm probably not looking forward to betting, betting uh, Charles Radke. Uh, Chuck Buffalo, uh, plus 170, and Gilbert Urbina, minus 210. Um, I don't remember, probably for the better, I don't remember what kind of slurs Chuck Buffalo was saying. There was like a slur-filled card that he was on, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he uh, stays away from saying anything about Urbina um, if he wins. But yeah, I got no clue. I'm going to I'm gonna unfortunately have to watch some tape on this fight to make a damn pick. I'm not looking forward to it. Clearly... And before I go to the prelims to knock the rest of it out, I just want to get to you guys. We got Jin Karasu, can you explain why it's bad to use close but clear and why it's better to use competitive uh, Use competitive fight? I want to timestamp it so I can argue with people in other forums who use close but clear. Um, I understand the meaning of close but clear, but for as much as people fl flip out for you saying that, oh, I think it'll end in split, or I'm surprised it wasn't a split decision, like, I think you should freak out harder for people saying close but clear because you make the whole decision, making a decision about the decision, the whole process we fucking argue about week in and week out, you arguably make it harder uh, because close but clear is an oxymoron. Um, if you want to say competitive but clear, that could be fine, you know? Um, you know, you could argue that Connor was competitive in... Uh, some rounds with Khabib, I think he even won a round, right? So I guess it's more than fair to say he was competitive. But it was clear that Khabib was winning the fight until he finished the fight. Uh, not that anybody would argue with that fight because there was a clear winner. But you know what I mean. Like, uh, you can really stretch kind of competitive. You can still give someone respect by saying it was competitive, but still being clear. When you say close but clear, now, that's, that's, you know, you can still say close, but saying close but clear, that's an oxymoron, you know? Um, Sean Strickland, Dreykus, Duplicy, I, I, like I said earlier, I scored it for Strickland, but these were close rounds. So when they're close rounds, it, it comes down to optics. So you can't say it was clear. As upset as Eric was when I was talking to him, he wasn't a sore loser. He wasn't saying they were clear. That guy's not, you know, he's biased as shit, of course, but he's not delusional, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it wasn't clear, right? You know, he... You know, a lot of people in that position, especially like a corner man, would, would probably say it close but clear. And it's just like, no, it's, it's not. 
Um, Jimmy Kudo, uh, we got a third Rikus as champ. It seems like the people have forgotten his I'm the real African colonialism BS. Yeah, well, he played, a, you know, he was all class to his credit during fight week from what I recall. And uh, compared to how Sean was acting, yeah, it wasn't hard to look like the good guy there. So I think I think it was more so him benefiting off uh, how Sean was uh, acting a fool. Um, which really fucked up. I was talking to Eric about that too, and that really fucked him up. That gave him the adrenaline dump. He had the fight before the fight, which is, that was our theory. He couldn't, which is why he couldn't push and give those optics and stick to the game plans more like he was calling for. Because body teeps, sure enough, that was the main part of the game plan. I guessed it right, because me and Eric will kind of compare notes after, and I love it. Even if we're wrong, I like when we're on the same page, at least of like what we saw. You know, it makes us feel a little less crazy. Makato Kayagoku, did you find Evil Love versus Allen really frustrating because Evil Love was only doing one thing? Yep. Evil Love would throw a rear straight um, and either double leg or right hook from Southpaw. Yeah. I guess he was kind of jabbing a little more as the fight went on, but not really much to me. I really didn't see it much. I'd have to go back and watch, but I was not impressed. Uh, Synchro Wing, I know we aren't big fans of uh, Dunkus Duplunkus. <laughs> I love that. Dunkus Plunkus, a.k.a. Third Rikus. Do you like his body kick setup when he looks up at the chin and then kicks from the body southpaw? Yeah, I actually really like that a lot. That was That's a great shout there. I, I did like that. That was a good shout. Uh, Rain Lamina, for the Magni fight, it seems like the only... Seems like the only really disciplined and good film study people. Uh, for Magni fight, it seems like only the really disciplined and good film study people beat him correctly. Yeah, yeah, you really got to do your study um, for that. And and again, you know, to uh, even though you know it wasn't the greatest or whatever, but like you know, it wasn't like. But Malat was throwing the leg kicks on the feet. He was able to out grapple him, and he did almost finish him in round two, like I thought. Uh, again, even though I didn't play a lot, so that's not coming from spilled milk. If anything, I made money off the Magni. Uh, the only time James Kendrick, the only time I ever make fun of someone betting is is the time someone foolishly bet twenty thousand dollars on Amanda Lemos against Whaley. That was foolish. I had to make fun of that. Absolutely. Um, Jin Karasu Imavov is the fighter with the twist kick that Leon Edwards and Cyril Gon does in the open stance. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. Love that kick. Love that shot. And I like that you refer to it as twist kick. It's been, I always get confused because it gets referred to as so many different things, which is fine. Not wrong. But I came up uh, calling it the twist kick from Taekwondo. Rias is in Truesdale. Would you compare Delizze to our to our not boy third Rikus? Uh, he does all the wrong stuff and somehow, uh, you know, somehow wins. The only good thing he does is when he goes southpaw and throws body kicks. He also has a sneaky good head kick from there, which makes sense considering he's a Crow Cop fan. But yeah, that's funny. I actually had a similar thought. Um, but again, this is the division where guys like that can go, you know, the wild men that the lead says. Remember Derek Brunson's wild run? You know what I'm saying? How improbable that was? Like, middleweight is the division for that to happen. Um, Jin, Karabu, Jin Karasu, is it good that Dober likes the rear body south ball? Yeah, we talked about that. He changes it up well. Um... T. Drew Cook, hey, we're just talking about you. Looking forward to this card and cheering for my uh, fellow Drew to get an upset. Hey, look at that. Cheers as always, Dan. See ya. Yeah, hopefully if Drew does get it, it'll be in the under. So uh, it cashes there uh, for me as well. But I feel ya. Aaron Menard, my man. What's good? Dapper Dan, Dan Manton. Well, I appreciate you, Aaron. One of the good dudes in the sport who trains. Been on his own training journey. That's inspiring me as well. And uh, gives back to the sport by uh, by actually getting, you know, getting in there and contributing. Um, love Aaron. 
James Kendrick, I think the proper term for Muslim Salikov is Sanda King, King of Kung Fu, right? Since he actually is non-Chinese Sanda champion. But uh, his only... His only look is the jab, faint, and move back. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a main one of his for sure. Pepe Silva, would be nice to see Rude Boy get a little aggressive down the stretch and perhaps get a round two or three submission. Yeah, I mean, round two or three uh, is definitely what I was thinking too. But, you know, when if Rude Boy does get a finish, like he gets finished abruptly, but I feel like his finishes can be abrupt too, which is what's making me a bit hesitant on picking a round. And, you know, I love sprinkling some rounds, Pepe Silva. But yeah, I don't hate those. Those are definitely the hot rounds. Hey, I get your hot rounds if I were to call them. But again, I'm probably just going to be playing just that sub shot in a couple different ways. Uh, Liam Fix fights. I think Brown inside the distance fight doesn't go the distance, the, the sides here. That's a great way to, too, to fortify. That's a great fortification I think Liam gave out. Rain Lamina, Natalia Silva seems to be getting some hype. I hope she loses. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, that could happen. Uh, by the way, Liam, I, I will... I, if you missed it earlier, I'm going to get back to your messages. I still haven't uh, checked it out. Rain, that's a pretty salty, bitter attitude, no? Uh, rooting for Adeujo is cool, but hate non Silva uh, because other people like her is a choice. <laughs> Drop a like for Dan Tom. I appreciate that, Liam. I appreciate that. I appreciate the, uh, the banter, too. Uh, you guys keeping it friendly. All right, going to the prelims. Um, we got, uh, yeah. Diana Belbitza, plus 215. Meatball, Molly Meatball, Molly. Um, she's looking trim. She's on her weight loss journey. Can appreciate that. But uh, Molly McCann feels like a trap. You never know how much, you know, I know she did open pretty wide, but like how much of this is the Barstool English money, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, she didn't open that wide. Um, Minus two, well, just a little bit of money came in. Yeah, I feel like this is a classic dogger pass for Belbita. Belbita, not a great record. You know, not the cleanest style or anything like that, but she is showing improvements. Um, I didn't look into this one too closely, so I'm not going to say too much, but this just feels like it's got dogger pass written all over it. Does it not? No. Uh, speaking of my no bet list, we got Charles Johnson in the house, baby. Fuck betting this guy. Uh, plus 180, Charles Johnson is an underdog, as at Maxim, minus 235. Maxim is good. One of the few guys to ever take uh, Tyson Nam down, which I think went over people's heads, both how deceptively close how that fight was, how impressive that was. But I'm sure, just like with the uh, Mazvar Evloev, everybody who blindly bets the Russian chalk thinks they're Jesus fucking Christ for cashing those tickets. Meanwhile, I somehow end up on that, oh, but... Did he really win? That your guy actually has an argument for winning, but of course he didn't. Kind of a thing. Of course, I somehow always end up on that fucking side. Uh, God damn. You know, forget the recaps having of a reverse sweep making me relive. No, just how about a normal breakdown with my, you know, where's his variance, y'all? God damn it. Oh, fucking Charles Johnson. Even when he wins and when he actually gets the finish, he still fucks me over. Because uh, the one time Chris Tyone decides to uh, stop things uh, early, which has been proven, my point on that's been proven a billion times over. Because what has that guy done since? Reminded you why I was so pissed off about the early stoppage? Because that's not his thing. Oh God, yeah, you know, betting against Charles Johnson when he wins and probably shouldn't have won, uh, or betting on him when he loses and probably should have won. Oh, how frustrating is that shit? Are you kidding me? Yeah, fuck betting Charles Johnson. Fuck that. Picking as at maxim. Staying the fuck away from any fight Charles Johnson is in. There's nothing personal against Charles Johnson. It's not fuck Charles Johnson. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I wish him the best. 
fuck betting on Charles Johnson fights. That's all I got to say. Um, Pistol Pete Rodriguez. <laughs> Pistol Pete. I don't know why. I picture Pete Rodriguez. He look, he reminds me of like a Bart Simpson when they do that. Like, oh, what, what are you going to be like when you grow up, Bart? And it shows Bart as a male stripper where he's like all overweight. And he comes out with a cowboy hat. He's doing the pistol thing like that. That's what I picture Pete Rodriguez. He really should just, he really should actually have that costume and like do that as his topology photo. That would be fucking fantastic. He'd probably get more random ass bookings. Um, but this is a weird one. You know, he came in as a replacement guy. So you're kind of seeing where he settles. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I didn't even really look into this fight. You know, I'll probably pick them, them to Garimbo, but you know. It's not a fight I want to bet, you know. You bet the plus money in this fight, if anything, but I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I can't say. We got a uh, road to UFC winner, uh, Jian Young Lee, minus 150, plus 120 with Blake Builder. Uh, Blake Builder, this feels like a spot where, you know, as much as I hate to say it, the Asian fighter could get upset uh, by the more experienced uh, American who isn't afraid to wrestle and has a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is Blake Builder. However... We've seen Blake Builder, you know, uh, get rocked. We've seen him get dissuaded off his game, even if he hasn't been stopped uh, a bunch or by strikes per se in his career, right? We've definitely seen him get put off his game. Uh, from the little I can recall seeing of Lee, I could see him do that. I'll be leaning toward Lee, but I haven't looked into this fight. And even if I pick Lee, I feel like the dog is live, so I'll probably be staying away. And I apologize. I don't have more to say on the Road to UFC winner, but we know the UFC doesn't promote Road to UFC. And they're going to be like weighing people in at the same weigh-ins. Even on the bio sheets, they, they didn't even bother differentiating these people. They could give a shit. They just... It's like uh, my, my relatives coming over here to be indentured slaves on the boat. Just fit them in where you can. That's the UFC's attitude. It's fucking our numbers, baby. Numbers and labor. That's how we're looked at. All right. Julija Storyalenko, minus 134. Luana Carolina, plus 110. This feels crazy to me. I don't know what I'm missing here. It's not like crazy numbers. You know, Julija Storyalenko is not reliable. Um, maybe it's I want to get on the train now because I got burned by the Molly McCann. You know, then that maybe explains my dog or pass attitude for the McCann fight. But yeah, um, I like Storyalenko here. Small cage. You know what she's going to do. Uh, Luana Carolina, not great. We saw what happened in the Lipsky fight. Granted, that was a while ago. Um, I don't really recognize the camp she's training with. I still got to double check her socials in her most recent fight to double check it. Soros time, but um, I don't know. It just, you know, it's not a great number, so it's not going to be super sexy, which, you know, for the round robins. Like, eh. But uh, I may put Storyalenko by sub in there, and I may just play the sub straight up, even though it's not sexy, you know, at least a half unit or something on there. Just because, again, submission grappler, small cage, um, that just seems where it's going to go. So uh, probably be picking and playing Storyalenko, but not by, confidently, not by a lot. More of, you know, Storyalenko is not someone I'd be, you know, uh, swiping right on. But, you know, you look at the room, it's a little dark. We've had a couple of drinks. It's been a, it's been a bit dry. You know, fuck it. <laughs> Jesus, Dan, that was a bit too real of a, too real of an analogy there. All right, we got Landon Quinones plus one ten. Uh, Markel Medeiros minus one thirty six. I got to go back and read my contender series notes of Medeiros. Hopefully, you did. Again, I barely get to these fights because they're uh, buried, and we still got to see what the fuck these fighters have to do. Not something that even if I researched, I should or much less would be wanting to put my money on. Nor should you. But yeah, you can go check my grading the winners. I'm going to go do that. Uh, I know Landon Quinone has put in a tough fight against Hack Paras, but again, we just got to see where these guys settle. It's a weird fight. 
Uh, Jamal Pogues, plus 140. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Peterson. I, I love my guy uh, uh, <laughs> from the Contender Series. Justin Bernard, I got his name. Uh, ring announcers. Uh, and I know he takes his job so seriously. He is such a professional and such a salt-of-the-earth nice guy that like, he genuinely felt really bad about saying that. Um, and I love the guy, and I and I would be the same way. But at the same time, that was really fucking funny, Justin. That was fucking hilarious. So I love you, Justin, but I'm still going to call, uh, and no offense to, to Thomas Peterson, uh, Thomas Jefferson. I feel like we have to call him uh, Thomas Jefferson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if he's got the same proclivities of Thomas Jefferson or if Joey Malpoke can use that to motivate him. Wow, Dan, that was a weird deep history cut. But no, um, uh, motivate is the word, though, for Pogues. Uh, I feel like this is upset Haven because Pogues, not by much, but he has some deceptive experience in and out of the octagon, or at least in comparison to his opponent. So he would have the experience edge, and he is a heavyweight who can wrestle and grapple. Like, not only can he, he wrestle, even though it's not like the greatest, it's just the fact that he's a willing wrestler immediately puts him above a lot of other heavyweights. And, I mean, I don't know how good he is, but, like, at his bio, according to his bio, Pokes is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Small cage, guy coming off the contender series, and Thomas Jefferson, Peterson? I feel like it's Pogues all day, you know? What is Pogues by decision, even? Let's see, what is that? like? Um, Pogues to win by... Plus, ah, oh, that's a shitty number. Yeah, they, they know this is gonna... This is gonna... Fat schmat. What if he goes by... They're, they're posting over plus 1,000 Pogues by submission. Maybe you throw that in a round robin just for fucks and giggles. Um, I may end up picking Pogues, but this is not a fight I'm gonna bet. Like The most I would do would be like a round robin on a stupid number. Because... Um, even though all that stuff makes sense, ultimately Pogues used to be a 205er and has like really climbed up in weight to where it was. And I'm 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 a I'm not a body shamer, folks. Despite me always talking about men's bodies, I'm just trying to just trying to balance out all the body shaming us men do to women is all, folks. That's all right. That's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's very feminist of me, if anything. I don't know about that, Dan. <laughs> Co-sign on that shit. Uh, but no. Um, but yeah, like it just makes me worry, you know. So, I also kind of maybe want to wait and see till weigh-in day. Um, I'm going to go poke around on, on Pogues' socials, see what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, now that I'm rushing to bet this fight, uh, I am tempted to pick Pogues as one of, the, uh, one, of the, one of the decent amount of live underdogs, I would say, on this card. All right. Um, going to recap uh, the chat, and then we'll get the fuck out of here, folks. Let me do one time. Jesus Christ. I made up for it in the back end. It took me forever to get into it, but I got through the car pretty fast um, for what it's worth. Uh, Jin Karasu repost. Can you explain why it's bad to use close but clear? I already did that. Hopefully you got that, Jin Karasu. It's a, it's a uh, close but clear. It's, it's, it's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. Um, you can't be close but also clear. You say competitive but clear um, because that actually could be you could be competitive but still have a clear winner close, especially with MMA judging of all things. I mean, competitive, you, you got to be careful about saying clear with MMA judging, right? Much less if it's close. So, yeah, that alone. By definition or within the context of MMA, it should be a slam dunk argument. Makatsu Kayagoku, what is your betting style when you see someone like Meatball move down divisions? Should you bet against them because they are draining themselves or is it more skill-based? Uh, it's more skill-based, but like kind of like the Sam Patterson, he was moving up, right? It's... Even though moving up can be better than moving down, it depends. It's all There's a lot of context to that, right? Um, it was more the skill and the matchup that had me picking Sam Patterson, and sure enough, he won. 
Um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to bet it, and I was right there. Um, McCann is much more risk. I've been wrong about her, so I probably won't bet her there. Not sure that answers your question, but it's a case-by-case -case scenario. Um, Nick Wilson, surprised to see Meatball Molly at minus 300 in a fight outside of England. Yep, and then also with the, uh, you know, the chaos of the small cage, and um, yeah, man. Uh, cutting down the weight, all that stuff. Uh, Rios is in Tuesday. I spoke to Chris Presnell, Asian MMA expert, on this, but this is just further evidence on how little the UFC cares about Asian fighters. Road to UFC was only announced last Tuesday with the event on. Yeah, they keep doing this stuff last minute to Road to UFC. It's fucking terrible. Uh, or last Saturday, yep. Uh, Pepe Silva, I <laughs> love the honesty with Storiolenko after a few cocktails. <laughs> a little too honest there, right, Pepe Silva? Uh, speaking, feeling Pogues should be a favorite. Yeah, I, I feel like it too. I don't know if it's contender series hype, which alone makes me want to, is probably like getting my excitement for a fight that I should not be excited about. Thank God it's the Joe Silva special. But yeah, I I don't disagree with you, Pepe. Um, Pepe Silva, hope you're hungry this weekend. We're having a meatball sub. Um, yeah, that could that would be a fun one to take a shot on too. I wonder what that sub line is, for, you know. Uh, Nick Wilson, Sally Hemmings reference, Dan always with the most highbrow and effed up references. Oh, I love you guys. James Kendrick, do you feel like MMA fans and media become reductionist when it comes to talking about fighter style? Um, probably, and because I feel like I am in some ways, because I don't get to put the tape study that even I, to my standard, I would like to do, right? So if someone as nutty and OCD and completist like me isn't doing up to standard and, and maybe my results uh, reflect that way. I don't know because I do put in hard work and I do have actual analysis and show my work and the analysis even when I'm wrong is right. So maybe my self-deprecating Dan is misplaced here. But yeah, if someone like me is struggling to put the same amount in, I imagine that's what's going on because it's just tough, you know, especially the more successful you get, you know. Uh, Zane Dale, story length by sub, a good prop for uh, bet or uh, for six plus six twenty-five, I don't know where the fuck you're getting that number. That's a great number because she was, she opened at two hundred, and most of the houses now it's around one thirty plus one thirty. So if you found that number, grab it, Zane. Grab it. Uh, I might sprinkle four units on that, which is four bucks. Grab it. Although again, um, I untracked and it was like a week off or whatever for me, I think, or something like that. But um, it was that Jailman Derek Lewis card. Uh, the house that I go to fucked up and they put jail man by sub. It was like minus numbers, right? Because that was the most obvious outcome for the fight. They had it at plus 500 for some reason. And uh, I put like 100 on that, right? And uh, like my buddy Aaron and people I was sharing it with, like, dude, run back to the machine, put a fucking thousand on that. And good thing I didn't because, again, even say what you will about Dan Tom Buck, like, well, you grab that number. It's like, do you not remember what happened in that fight? One of the, not just didn't cash, not just wrong. Again, back to the catching yellows instead of reds. It was a classic, just Dan Tom. Right? I, I am on the wrong end of all these fucking, all the weirdest performances, even the weirdest winning performances. Oh, Dan Tom will be on those too. Sure, the fuck enough, and it'll cost me money. Um, take the ITD and not the sub. Price is similar. Smart, uh, smart advice. Is that for Story Elenko? Um, yeah, yeah, smart advice. Most houses don't uh, that I play don't offer it, unfortunately, so I have to choose Parker. But if you do, I agree. Um, EV is not, in my honest opinion. Uh, that's not bad advice there. Uh, 
kicking for coverage, uh, smart man, don't get too greedy, is a lot of that message there is what Liam's saying, if I dare to speak for a guy who's doing much better than me uh, as far as that eye for the gambling out there. Shouts to Liam. Zane Dale, ITD is plus 125 for Julie Jabetta line. I would take that because I, uh, I'm i holding out for a better number, but the one place I, I have Julie Jabetta by sub is plus 125. So you can get the same price for better coverage. It's a no-brainer. Take the I, ITD. Um, that is better. Nick Wilson, that's an insane split. No way is there such a huge gap between ITD and sub. Yeah, take the ITD is more realistic. Unless you really did find that insane number by sub, I won't tell you different. And hopefully you won't have the luck. I do. All right, I am going to um, recap here, folks. Plus 225, not plus 125. Yeah, I would still take the inside the distance. Still take the inside the distance. All right, recap. Oh. Stinky man, it's farting boy over here. Speaking of dogs, all right. Taking Delize over Imavov. Taking Moikano over Doba. Taking Rude Boy Hot Stepper Brown over Muslim Salikov. Taking probably taking Silva, probably taking Silva over Araujo. But not gonna try to bet that fight. Um. Taking Chabib, Chubby Khabib. Come on, folks, let's get the Chabib started. Taking uh, Elias Cab, Chabib, Kizriev uh, over Muradov. Um, we'll see. I'll probably take Urbina over Racky. Check me on fight day. Um, I might take Belbita over McCann, but if I take McCann over Belbita, I probably won't be betting her. Check me at Dan Tom and me on fight day. Probably be taking on Maxim over Charles Johnson, but I do not. Bet Charles Johnson fights. Fuck betting Charles Johnson fights. Uh, I'll probably take Garimbo over Pistol Pete, but I definitely ain't betting the chalk in that fight. Chalk side of it. Um, I'm leaning toward Lee over Builder, but that fight scares me in general. Check me on fight day. Um, taking Storyalenko over Carolina. See, uh, see where I end up. Uh, if I can get a good inside the distance price, maybe I play that. But for my round robins, I can't play inside the distances in those. Houses alone, much less in the round robin, so I'm gonna have to choose Parker. So don't be surprised to see the story Elenko sub in the round robin. Um, we'll see where I end up with Quinones and Maderos. I don't even know which way I'm leaning on that one, to be honest. Check me on fight day at Dan Tommy MMA. Uh, leaning toward Pogues over Thomas Jefferson Peterson, but check me on fight day. Um, because uh, yeah, we'll see what I end up, uh, see if I end up taking any action. Uh, it's, it'll probably just end up being a pick and pogues, if anything, on Top Master at the very least. But yeah, we'll we'll see uh, there. Hopefully, I didn't miss anything because it's I went off best fight odds and they're all fucked up. Um, as far as uh, my plays go, uh, I got Moicano round two plus six fifty quarter unit. Moicano Dover under one point five rounds minus one thirty one point three uh, units. Uh, I'm going to be looking at Rude Boy Brown by submission, both for uh, a standalone sprinkle as well as the uh, round robin. Um, going to be looking at uh, Chabib in round two, uh, as well as Chabib by sub in the round robin. Uh, I'm going to be looking at Storyalenko by sub in the round robin, as well as Storyalenko inside or by sub uh, straight up. Um, I might look closer to Belbita McCann to see if that how live that dog is. Again, I'm gonna see how live the Pogues dog is. If I want to throw some kind of round robin sprinkle or God forbid something on Pogues, I don't know. God, that'd be fucking terrible. You know it's bad when I'm scraping that low on the barrel. 
And uh, nothing else even on the prelims uh, kind of catches my eye. Again, maybe the leads a by sub if I want to throw something in the round robin to have something, but I'm not looking forward to betting that fight. And, yeah, it's maybe going to be the biggest straight bet will probably end up being that total, which is an under. I hate totals. I hate unders. And I'm on a bad luck uh Bad luck streak, as the shirt says. Let's see if we can break it. Let's see if this variance thing y'all speak of can come our way. Let's see if this uh, good bounces y'all speak of can come our way. Um, we could use it. We could use it. I put out a challenge to the MMA gods. If I can't win, because you know what? I, I was able to break the first bet of the night curse, but one thing I haven't been able to do is win two things in a row. If I have, it was like .05 units and like a 1.4 unit win. Like, Dan Tom Jerkoff, Jeff, like, Bullshit, right? And then followed by like reverse sweet, reverse sweet. Like that was the kind of shit. Like, no, I I need two not just winning nights, two good winning nights. And even though everything's bad and I could be down on it, no, no, we're fucking doing it. We're fucking doing it. And uh I'm putting this show on the line. So close to four hundred episodes too. Like even if I did quit the show, I wanna at least get to four hundred episodes and I'm almost putting it on the line before then. I still make it to four hundred. Don't worry, folks. I'll still stick around in some capacity. But uh boyo, boyo, I might have to take an extended vacation. Um, it's three weeks, but uh, I won't be able to really uh, feel the winnings off that third card because the third card will be happening, UFC 298, while I am en route to Thailand. So for me, I'm actually playing for these next two fight night cards to get a little extra cash in my pocket. And uh, yeah, I, I, I put that juju out there. Because why the fuck not, folks? I could sit here and, and you know go on multiple fucking years of trying to be an air quote good guy both genuinely and trying to put the bad karma, trying to do the right thing, trying not to be a hypocritical asshole. It doesn't matter, folks. Fuck it. We're going for it. We're doing what we're always doing. Um, I'll try, you know, try a different betting style or this or that. I'm going to be taking advice from my guys at Olympic Fights of the World. I'm always open to advice, but I've been around doing this for so long, and it's really hard to, you know, not to, and I don't want to make the same mistake like the bad winners because, again, Say what you will about me being a bad loser or bad losers. I'll take a bad loser or any day over a fucking bad winner. Nothing worse than a bad winner. Um, and I don't want to make their same mistake as being like not taking any lessons, you know. But at the same time, when you play with the formula as much as I have and, and all different strategies of betting. Because uh, you can't aim. I saw someone going aim small, miss small. I'm like, this isn't the Marine Corps shooting program, okay. That applies for that. Not for MMA betting, you know. It's... Actually, you aim small and miss big, right? Um, or you aim big and miss big <laughs> because you can aim small. Like if I would have just aimed small and been like, oh, kept it to one bet last card. Well, that one bet would have been still a fucking my most biggest bet and it, if for all the justified reasons. And now the announce will still prove even being a wrong bet. Still would have ate shit. Still would have been reverse sweeped, right? Still would have been a big loss. Still would have been a crucial loss, right? So, so the, the aim small, miss bullshit doesn't exist. And f for the longest time, I actually was way more conservative. And now I'm aiming big so at least I can get something, right? And oddly enough, statistically, you should be getting reverse swept less with a wider casting net. Yet, my reverse swepts have gone more. So like, I'm not even not even bad luck, subjective biases. But no, hardcore, factual, numerical math. The art of numbers. It Literally, my luck flies in the face of that shit. Forget my perspective and complaints. Literally, going against the odds, you know? It's crazy, you know? You, you could have a bag of eight items, and you could say maybe I want not just one of those items. There's two or three of the items that I could pull, and I'll be happy. You bet your ass, not just on the first, not just... It will be on the very last ones that I'll reach in until I finally get those things. It's just one of those things. 
And I go, every time that happens to me, I go, oh yeah, this is why, this is what I talked about, that, the circumstantial luck. So we'll see. We're going to try to break it, folks. Good luck to you and your picks and plays. Sorry for all the, uh, um, case by case always. Yep, it's always case by case. Absolutely, sir. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's what I do here, too. Just go case by case. We'll see, you know. Um, and, uh... Wish for the best. I don't know. I don't know what to say, folks. I don't know what to say when I'm getting so close and uh, missing yet so so big. It's it's pretty comical at this point. So we'll see. I know you guys are rooting for me. I appreciate it. I'm rooting for you. Good luck on your picks and plays. Uh, you know, don't get greedy. Don't be a bad winner. Fuck the IDF. And always protect your.